welcome to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. Our podcast was created to provide a safe space where women can share inspiring stories, real life experiences, and new ideas for how to break barriers, overcome challenges, and grow their career and selves. The podcast features incredible interviews with inspiring women, as well as a series of sessions that are focused on how you can grow as a purpose-driven leader, how you can advance your career, and how you can achieve all the goals you cite for yourself, personally and professionally. We're just getting started, and we want you along for the journey. Follow us on Instagram at LatticerJennifer, and also visit our website at womenleadershipnation.com. Sue Pitchforth is the owner and principal designer of Decor Therapy Plus, an international award-winning designer and a TV personality and professional speaker. Sue's approach to design is refreshing, unique, and inexpensive, yet yields luxurious results. Sue believes that the home is an expression of your life and personality. Sue is passionate about creating spaces where homeowners surround themselves with the things they love and that reflect who they are. Her workshops and seminars are extremely popular, inspiring thousands of homeowners across Ontario. She is a leader in the industry and is forging new directions with her unique staging and design from a distance virtual services. She is excited to now be based out of the nation's capital and recently has been appointed the Ottawa Ambassador for the Canadian Association of Property Stylists. A proud Rotarian, she gives back to her community by volunteering on various boards and is passionate about mentoring new entrepreneurs. And now I would like to welcome Sue Pitchforth to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here, Jennifer. You can't have no idea. It's so exciting. Oh, that's amazing. I know we've known each other for a long time. We've been talking about that and so much has changed in, in our lives. So I can't wait to, to catch up. The first question I ask everybody, and I'm really excited to hear your response to this is when you were younger, what did you want to be? Oh my gosh. So that's so easy. From the age of 10, I knew I was going to be a clothing buyer. That was it. Really? I knew it from that day forward. That was always in my mind. And, and I did it. I was the okay. youngest clothing buyer in Canada at 22. Wow. I owned 250 stores across Canada. And uh, yeah, it, it's really funny. You know, back then, obviously, I didn't know about putting it out in the universe and, right. and declaring your intention and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But I clearly remember the moment that I decided I know what I want to be. Wow. And, and it was really interesting because I'm Hungarian and my father came from Hungary, so very old school. And he just didn't understand the career that I wanted. In his eyes, even today, if I called him and said, hey, dad, I, I'm going to be a secretary, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's yeah. just not my thing, right? If I called him and said, Dad, I got a job as a secretary, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so happy for you. Even when I was a counselor, 
Yeah. Just didn't get it. Like he yeah. just didn't understand. Right. So, um, yeah, it, uh, there's nothing. And that's really hard to describe when you know in your heart from when you're a child, what you want to be. And, and cause so many people don't, I mean, you know, so yeah. many people are 20, 30, 40, 50 sometimes, and they still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. <laughs> and so you with that, and certainly a lot of people that I've been talking to over, over the last little while, very, very few knew from the beginning. And typically they go into something completely different and which is interesting and then come back to it mm-hmm. later sometimes. But so then you kind of, it was a pretty clear direction. You ended up doing this, but then how did it shift? Because I know when I met you, you were a counselor. So what, so what happened? I don't know what happened and I'm really excited of how your journey evolved to the point where we met. Okay. So basically, you know, after I was 10 and I declared that I knew what I wanted to be, um, I really, in my mind, worked towards that goal. And the way I did it was I worked part-time at Eaton's on the women's sales floor. Then I moved to um, full-time. Then I became a manager. Then I'm going to date myself here. When the Eaton Center opened, (laughs) my boss went down to the buying office and she said to me, she said, be patient. You're coming. As soon as there's an opening, I'm bringing you. And she did. Um, So I worked there uh, for a couple of years. And then one of my suppliers he was speaking with Irene Hill. So there really was an Irene Hill Mm -hmm. and um, she heard about me. So I went for an interview and I think I was probably 19, 20 at the time. So quite young. Um, And at that point in time, they didn't have anything. Then about eight months later, she called me and then she hired me to be a buyer. So I did that for many years. It felt so good. And in between all this, I actually went to Humber College because at that point in time, they had a fashion design merchandising buying course. So they sort of threw everything into a pot. And it was really interesting. Talk about tenacity and standing up for yourself. I had really good marks and two of the girls in my class didn't. So they were barely passing. Mm. They got accepted to the course and I didn't. So wow. I actually called the vice president of, of Humber College. Good for you. And I made an appointment <laughs> with my marks. <laughs> and I walked in there and I met with him, just like we're talking. Yeah. And I said, you know, this is who I am. And I said, you know, I have my letter of not acceptance. Uh, and I'd like, to, I'd like to know why I wasn't accepted when these other two people with much lower marks were. And at that point in time, it was purely marks. Mm-hmm. So he looked at it and read it, and then he called his assistant, and she read it, and he looked at me, and he went like this and shook my hand. He goes, you're in. Oh, so wow. if I didn't stand up for myself, yeah. Um, but just imagine, you know, I was like 17. So what gave you that courage, then? Because, I mean, that's such a great lesson that you don't have to take no for an answer. And then that probably influenced the rest of your career is to, like, to really go after and talk to people and go after what you want. You know what? Honestly, that, I mean, you know, throughout our life, we have all these lessons that we learn. Right. But throughout my entire life, I've never thought this might come out strange, but I never thought I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just did it. 
and, mm-hmm. it, and, and same with being on council. So um, I was buying and then I met my ex-husband and we had a son. So I stayed home for about eight years. Right. During that time, I was volunteering um, in the community in, in Brooklyn and Whitby. So I got to know a lot of people. I got, I sat on different committees for um, the council at that time. And then I got invited to put my name in uh, when Don Mitchell, who was the councillor, wanted to go up to regional. Mm-hmm. And so I did put my name in and I won, which was incredible. So at that point, again, you know, not really knowing what a counselor does, but <laughs> I learned. <laughs> You're quick. like, I'll figure it out. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> but you know what? I really believe, and I'm sure you believe this too, with everything that you've done in your career and so many of the listeners if you are passionate about something and you believe in yourself, you'll get there. It may take you a little bit longer um, and you're going to have, you know, varying emotions along the way. It's not all going to be high emotions. There's going to be days you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, can I do this? Or, you know, am I doing a good job? Um, But for me, when I look back, so I was a counselor for seven years. Mm -hmm. I was the longest serving, uh, actually the first female budget chief in the history of the city, of the town. And then I was the longest serving budget chief in 150 years. Wow. And so there's a lot of firsts for me. And that was really interesting because it taught me so many different things. Obviously, didn't reflect back to, you know, the career that I originally chose, But for me, it was the creative part, which I had was the buying, Mm -hmm. and then really helping the community um, with the counselor part. And it was funny, because just like that day when I was 10, when I remembered, uh, I'm going to be a clothing buyer, I, I was probably 25. I remember walking down my stairs in the house in Mississauga, opened the closet, put my coat on, and I remember thinking is this all there is to life? Mm. Because I was working, had a great job, um, didn't have kids at the time. And it was sort of like a seed was planted. I didn't know where it was going to go. And then we moved from Mississauga to Brooklyn. And that's where it really took shape. Like to think I'd never volunteered a day in my life, never really got involved in the community and scouting in the church and whatever. Um, so that to me was another big aha moment um, to sort of quote uh, Oprah. Uh, so yeah, I've had quite a few that are very, very distinctive and that totally changed my life. Yeah. It's really amazing to see, like, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And even though we don't know what the reason is at that point or mm-hmm. at that time, but that we always find it out later on. Oh, and sure. So probably everything that you've learned and you learned in your previous career to then finding that time where you're realizing, okay, you've maybe learned all these skills, but now you really want to have a purpose and a focus that serves others as well. Mm-hmm. It's really, and I could, I can tell having worked with you that, that it comes deep from within your heart that you're not doing, it's not a job for you. It was really a passion. Did you find um, at that time and being the first in terms of being woman as in terms of the budget, did you find that there's a lot of support for women in government or is there a lot more? Oh my gosh, for me, and I don't know if it's just the type of personality that I am. Yes, 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 yes. 
And I was so lucky because during those seven years, I had two mayors, Mayor Brunel and Mayor Perkins, who both sort of took me under their wing because I was young. I was probably yeah. one of the younger counselors. Um, and they put me in positions that scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> That's, you know you're growing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember Mayor Brunel put me as chair of operations, like public works, right? And that's garbage, no plow, salt, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And I looked at, I remember looking at him across the table going, okay, high heels, dress, you know, this. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, you're going to learn. And wow, oh gosh, that's I, ever, I used to go out with the guys, you know, snow plowing. I went to a, a salt convention, if you can believe it. <laughs> and I actually chaired an international planning committee around the world we had about 500 people and I chaired and spoke at that meeting wow. so if he never or, or Mayor Perkins never gave me those um, opportunities I wouldn't have had those uh, chances to really grow yeah scared you know what yeah <laughs> but I knew I could do it right and you knew you had the backing, which is amazing. And I, I think that speaks a lot to, especially at this time with COVID and everything and wanting to see people continue to progress in their careers, maybe taking that extra step to, if you know somebody already has, has the skills and the capability to learn, to kind of push them along, right? And uh, I feel like you did that also with the staff. Like, I feel like you encouraged them. And I know I can think back to one specific incident where uh -oh. you had a program, <laughs> you had a, an idea and it ballooned into this big initiative. And I, I know um, I reached out to you and I showed interest in this. And you were like, from the beginning, you're like, whatever you want to do to help like come on board. And I really yeah. admire that. And so does that mentorship and I'm talking about that, the uh, specific program was the let's do lunch. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, that's another example of where you had an idea and just grew it. Is that something that you also really thrived in, in terms of being able to take on, create new. Oh my gosh. I mean, it is so funny because I'm very creative. I'm a very creative thinker. I'm not an artist, but I'm very creative in other ways. And with the Let's Do Lunch, um, we saw a need in Durham Region years ago to do quarterly luncheons for businesswomen. And it really started out with, with businesswomen, but it became so successful, the guys came too. So yeah, we, <laughs> we couldn't keep them away. <laughs> yeah, but it was really interesting. And I reflect back, and we did it for eight years. So that's four lunches a year for eight years and some of my dearest friends are from then wow. and the people that I've met and I know Debbie who was my uh, the co-owner of let's do lunch we feel the same way it was just a need and it was perfect because we got together we had inspiring speakers um, it was a trade show so you made great connections but then there was always a charitable component Mm -hmm. So we would have a silent auction and the money raised would go to the charity. The charity was always there. So it was like a win, 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 win. And for me, anything that I do, it's always a win, win for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you go in with that mindset, the wins don't have to be huge. Right. But I think if you go in with that mindset, how can you fail? Mm -hmm. Like I, I just, you know, I just, I can't even comprehend that. 
For me, at at a young age, um, so I was in the economic development department, seeing the interactions in the network between the women and growing from, you know, a small group to you, you had hundreds of women showing up at these luncheons was really inspired me even at that age to see, wow, the power that we have as women to, to support one another. So maybe tell me a little bit more about, you know, to, I know you're interior designer now as well, right? So how did that, how did you go into Oh, that's another day when I woke up. <laughs> oh my God. I should really write these days down and put them on the calendar, yeah. right? So this day when I woke up, you're going to soon learn how old I am. I, was, I woke up and I was 40. And I remember saying to my husband, I'm going to open my own staging and design company. And he's like, yeah, okay. Like, and then yeah. I did. I went Go down. Went down, you know, got it uh, opened and registered and all that stuff. And it really, it was from day one that it took off. And wow. it was really interesting. And I, and I look back because with time, you can look back and think, how the heck did I do that? Mm-hmm. But what I really learned when I was buying, so I was like 22 buying for, my customer was, uh, be very generous, 60 yeah. plus. That right. was my customer. Yeah. And suppliers used to joke because they would, I come in, you know, <laughs> and they go, how do you know to buy for, you know, older women? Yeah. Because I know my customer. Mm-hmm. And so when I opened my, my design and staging company, I knew my customer. Wow. And I've, I've been in business almost 20 years. And that's, she's still my customer. He's still my customer. That has not changed. So it's really fascinating um, and then when I, when I started the business, again, I had no thought that I would fail, like none, zero. So, so what, what do you yeah. think it was that it uh, took off so quickly? Like for those entrepreneurs listening, what would you recommend based on your experience for really kickstarting it? Because sometimes it's hard to really get it going in the beginning. I mean, it's really, there's so many, I I always say it's like pieces of a puzzle that come together, but there's so many components. The biggest component is you. Mm -hmm. The biggest component is the entrepreneur. And for the last 20, 25 years, I've been mentoring young women through um, Durham College and UOIT and even here in Ottawa, I'm doing that as well. Um, Sometimes young business owners. But it's real, and what I always um, share with them is be yourself. Right. Be yourself. You can tell if you're authentic or not. Have that energy. Fake it to make it. I mean, but the most important thing is be yourself. And it's so funny because I'm probably jumping ahead here, um, but I moved to Ottawa three years ago Mm -hmm. and I started with nothing. So were you scared or did did something scare you? (laughs) Okay. So oh my gosh. I'm freaking out. I'm calling you. <laughs> I, I, That's amazing. That is such a great characteristic to have. Because- honestly, you know, it was really, it was interesting because my, my son came to Carleton. So when we drove him and took the tour of the university, I remember standing out by the canal, looking at the water. And I don't know about you and your listeners. If you ever have a moment where something just comes into your mind, Mm-hmm. And then you think of it years later, you go, oh my God, it's like foreshadowing, right? Right. I knew that one day I'd be living in Ottawa. 
Wow. And you've never lived in Ottawa before. Never. Because I almost thought, well, I wonder if she has family there or no. Wow. So my my son decided to stay. Yeah. Unfortunately, my marriage split up and I thought, man, you know, I need a change. I had a hugely successful business, Mm -hmm. uh, which I loved. Um, But I really, I needed to come here. It was like something was calling me. Mm -hmm. and, And this was where I needed to be. And, and, and I still feel that way every day when I get up, I think, oh man, this is so where I'm supposed to be. So just imagine you have this hugely successful business and then you're moving to a totally different city. Yeah. You know, no one, you have no business connections Yeah. and you have to start from scratch. And I remember when I first started telling people, they're like, what? You're leaving? I can't be. No, 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 no. You're playing tricks on us. And I go, no. And they're like, aren't you afraid? No. I was so excited. I just knew this was the right decision for me. Like never. Such a major change. What were some of the first things you did then to, to kind of, because you know, you said that uh, you're enjoying it and things are going really well. What were some of the first things you did to establish yourself in that new community then? Well, it's really interesting. I mean, I think when anyone goes through a breakup or, or you know, a death uh, of a spouse or someone in the family yeah. um, and you move. So in my case, I wanted, because I'm a designer and my whole philosophy is I want you to love your house. Like when you put your key in the front door, I want you to can't wait to get inside because everything in your house should have meaning to you. Right. So that's, that's what I wanted to give myself before I started my business here. So I moved in July. I took off August, September, decorated my house, got everything, you know, set just right. And then I just started, I called Rogers daytime and I said, you don't know me. I'm, you know, I used to be a guest regularly on the Durham uh, channel and I think a half hour later, they're like, yep, here's the date. Come on in. That's so, amazing. And it's so funny. You just because, go for it. Yes. Just pick, and they laugh because they're like, who does that? <laughs> who does that? <laughs> and then there was a paint, there's a paint store here in Ottawa called Randall's family run business. Um, I called up the manager, general manager. And I said, hi, you don't know me. I'm new to Ottawa. I'd love to meet with you. Sure. No problem. Met with him. We developed a wonderful business relationship. And then he said, oh, well, you need to meet John from Oakwood, who is the premier builder in Ottawa. And I met with John. So it's just, it just goes you know when serendipity takes over mm-hmm. and people, and I'm sure many of the listeners can say to themselves, this person came into my life at the right time. This person as well. I speak at all the home shows and it's really having the belief in yourself and just making those contacts say, this is who I am. This is what I do. I would love to be what have you like to do this. And I never once ever thought that they would say no ever. And even if they do, it's like, it's, that's my mindset too, is that you just go for it because even if they say no, you've made a connection and you never know later on and you're still, in the same place that you were before. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny. I did have, um, so the cottage life show here in Ottawa, I had, the timing was off, um, but I did call them 
I introduced myself and I said, you know, for next year, if, you know, I'd love to be, you know, considered as a speaker. And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. And anyway, so we had a really nice conversation and she said, we'll keep in touch. Well, I think it was a month later, she called me, she goes, Sue, I've had a cancellation. One speaker was speaking three times. Are you in? I go, absolutely. So again, it was the no for now. Yeah. But you never know, right? It's putting it out in the universe that you want this and then people don't know unless you speak up. Yeah. It, uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, so I, I took the summer off, as I mentioned, then I started um, getting into the community. I joined Rotary because I, I, I missed the volunteering. Mm-hmm. And then my first time at daytime, it was hilarious because so Jennifer, you know me, I love heritage and history. That's yeah. another one of my passions. So I was waiting to go on, on the, in the studio and there was a woman beside me. And I go, you know, I talk to anybody. Hi, how are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> oh, I'm the executive director of the Bytown Museum. Oh. And I look at her and I go, are you kidding me? I go, <laughs> I chaired LACAC. I've done all doors open. Like, I love yeah. history. Yeah. She goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> so now I'm the president of the Bytown Museum. I'm on of the board. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, we're chatting. Yeah. And she goes, well, where are you from? I go, oh, I just moved here from, uh, oh, you wouldn't know it, Brooklyn. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's in Whitby. I go, yeah. She goes, oh, I had someone who worked at uh, Town Hall, a friend. And it was Mark Gladys. Oh, my gosh. What a small world. What a small world. So as I'm in the studio, she's texting Mark. I come out. She goes in. Mark's texting me going, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? So. (laughs) You never know how the universe is going to work, right? Yeah. And that's the exciting part. And I think why you've been so successful. And also, I say successful, not just from a a monetary, like business development perspective, but I feel like you're so happy and centered and is because you're just going for it and, you know, following your intuition as well. And, you know, I, I imagine that you are a huge inspiration to your son and um, is he, so he's staying in Ottawa now. He's in Ottawa. They're staying. Yes. So you have the family and everything. That's amazing. And then a year ago, my dad moved from Toronto to be here. Yeah. So he's oh, wow. here too. So, you know, my family's taking over Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ottawa. It's really good. And certainly when the last economic development role I had was in um, Vaughn and the city manager moved back, moved to Vaughn moved back to Ottawa. So there must be something with Ottawa there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Everyone always asks me like back home in Brooklyn, Whitby, you know, what's it like? What's Ottawa like? And I think the best way I can describe it is big city, small town. Yeah, that's the only way. Good explanation. It's it's incredible. Like it really is, but it's a small town. Like once you get out in the community, you get to meet so many people or they've heard of you and yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So I've been asking a lot of people about COVID as well. Mm -hmm. So how has COVID influenced your business? And, you know, are you, are you finding certainly there's a lot more people that are um, having to create home offices and think and soundproof. I just soundproofed my husband's office door (laughs) for you (laughs) with the homeschooling. I thought maybe it doesn't match, you know, (laughs) Well, it's interesting because 
probably a year move a uh, year into living here my um, the agents that I used to work with and my clients back in the Durham region and the GTA, a few of them started contacting me. Oh my gosh, we miss you. You know, can we try doing something virtually? So they would send me videos and pictures and, you know, I'd do up a report or we'd do it on, do it on um, the computer. And that was about two years ago and that took off. So by the time COVID came, you know, Luckily for me, I was already so entrenched in the virtual part Wow! Uh, that just took off automatically. And if I didn't have that, I would have been in trouble. Um, so luckily, little did I know that decision that I made back then, um, which wasn't, you know, I do my planning every year for where I want my business to go, but I never really thought of that. Isn't that weird? Like, yeah. really- also, so my partners and I, we actually, uh, it was just after Christmas, I remember, we almost are always mentally in sync, and we got on the phone with each other and said, there's something wrong, we need to take our programs online, and this was before COVID as well, wow. and now we look back, and we've we've done a lot of the, the hard lifting already, and so again, it's something to, to kind of follow your intuition. So for you, in terms of, you know, going back to supporting women leaders and, you know, what do you say for helping? Because certainly there's a lot more women that are leaving the workplace mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. What, what advice do you have for women leaders and how to deal with this situation? Well, I just think, you know, for women leaders, um, for women in general, we really yeah. Stick together. They're all leaders yeah, <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> yeah, like help each other, inspire each other. Um, I think we had a mutual friend who unfortunately passed away, I think, eight years ago today, Todd Skinner. Right. And one of the things that Todd taught me, which I did do my first year, and I do it every year when, I, when I'm um, in January, he suggested that I make 52 dates, 52 coffee dates, one a week. Um, for 52 weeks. And it was fascinating because for me, um, the first year I met with men and women, and then it really, I met with women Mm -hmm. and women that were in school, that weren't working, that were um, so many different possibilities for them. And for me, I mean, part of being a leader, I think is listening Mm -hmm. and you're not telling them like to me, I don't, I shouldn't be telling you if we're just chatting what you should do. It's listening and asking questions. Mm -hmm. That to me is the key because it has to come from within. And that's so important. So because the question asking the questions, you're almost helping them pull it out of themselves. Yeah. Because you know what? We all know deep down. Yes. For many of us, we don't have the confidence. Mm-hmm. pull it up and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. And, you know, women, um, in the way we look, the way we dress, um, what we do, we're so critical of ourselves. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when you sit and talk to a woman um, and the way they see you or the way you see them is probably different than you think. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. And I think, there's a, a young woman that I've been um, mentoring for about a year and a half. Um, she 
was a cleaner in a hotel. She's got an eight-year-old. She left an abusive relationship. Her goal is to be a designer. So I've been mentoring her and, uh, you know, she's, anytime I spoke at the home show, she would come with me and, and um, it's just having the, the confidence in the, that person, which they may not have. It's just right. showing them, yes, you can do it, you know, and, and, it, and it's also about taking an interest in someone. Yeah. And building them up. Like, I think that's great. I think you don't get exposure. I mean, certainly I think you uh, really truly influenced me a lot as when I was younger from, especially just because you, you did that, you allowed me to attend meetings that I probably wouldn't have attended and be part of certain things that, and that's the only way people are going to get exposed and learn new skills. So I think the mentorship part is really incredible and and if you're ever looking for another person to mentor in interior design i love interior design oh, do you? oh well okay let's go <laughs> when i was setting up my podcast room i was like okay we gotta like any opportunity i have to design a room it looks great by the way <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> i'm like i hope she likes it <laughs> it looks really good <laughs> so what i mean there's these ideas just pop in your head and there's like, could you even forecast what you, what are some other passions and, and drives that you'd like to see in the future that you'd like to explore? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's, it's really funny. I mean, for me, I've always had two dreams. One is to buy a sixties Mustang. Okay. And the other is to live in a century home. And the call for me to live in a century home in the last six months has been so strong. And it's really funny because the universe, I think I've staged four century homes Uh and I helped design one, all the the interior um, paint colors and everything. And every time I'm in that situation, I could just feel it getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Like you're preparing for your own home. (laughs) You know what? I I swear to God. Yes. You like leave it aside just to, you know, my house. (laughs) It's so true. Oh my gosh. But it's, I know that the timing's not right. Mm -hmm. My dad is here and he's not well. So I'm like five minutes away from him. So I don't want to move. But I know one day, and I remember telling my son a few months ago, Chris, I will not leave this earth without living in a century home. And he goes, wow. oh, I know, I know. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it's, happening. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. But it's funny, you know, because in this particular dream of mine, which will become reality, the journey for me has been so incredible. It's been throughout my life. Yeah. And now I can really feel that it's going to happen. And so I'm really enjoying that, which is kind of weird because I don't have it yet, but no, I'm but enjoying it's kind it. Of cool to see, Cause I can, I totally relate and understand because you're kind of like, you know, it's going to happen. You're confident. So you're waiting for the sign, yeah. which is kind of exciting, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It, uh, and yeah, it, and everyone now here that knows me in Ottawa, oh, they know like, Century home, yeah. She, yeah, Mustang, yeah, she's <laughs> somebody's going to bring it up to you. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it. Uh, so I, you know, I think no matter what or how old you are, you can always have dreams. Yeah, they can be small dreams, big dreams. Um, and for me, I've been lucky. I've had the same dream, two dreams throughout my whole life, wow. uh, which is kind of cool. <laughs> well, when you get that century home, I'm going to come make the trip to Ottawa. <laughs> you can help me decorate it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. So uh, going back to COVID just for a second, sure. what, and just because I have you, what advice do you have for anybody that is trying to set up a home office? So the home office, oh my gosh. So when I'm helping clients with their home office, one of the things that they have to understand is they want it to look great. They want it to look beautiful, which is wonderful, but, and it's a big but, the office needs to function as an office. So where you put your desk, how you place your desk, how you place your printer, all that stuff is so important because um, I, I go into so many homes and they're like, Oh, I hate this office. I go, but it's an office. Like we yeah. can play around with it, but it has to function. It has to function for you, for the business that you're doing. You know, when you're on your computer, are your files accessible, printer, all that stuff. Now that doesn't mean that you can't make it look awesome just like the way you did. Um, but for home office, Again, when, you know, earlier I talked about your personality, mm-hmm. I can see your personality in your home office. Right. And, you know, I always try and bring that out in my clients. What's your favorite color? What things do you love? Um, what are your dreams? You know, having if you, little Paris things, if you want to go to Paris. And I see some beautiful peonies, if you yes. love peonies. Like, <laughs> and, and it's really, and I really equate the house mm-hmm. or home office and the way you dress. Right. Because what it is, it's all a reflection of you, who you are. Um, and that's really important. Again, the office part, it can look super wonderful and beautiful, but it has to function. That's such a great point because I think a lot of people had home offices. And I'm talking about the people that maybe uh, worked out of the home and are now having to work in the home. Right. Might have had a home office that probably looked really good because it was a second office. It was a, when I have to work at night or I'm working from home one day a week or whatever it is. And it, you know, they want it to match the house. And, but certainly, so this is my podcast room, but my office downstairs does not, it definitely, it's still pretty, but it's functional. Like, my staplers, my uh, everything that I need to access that maybe doesn't look great and clean off the top or functional and right there because you have to kind of get out of your head that this has to look great for somebody that's coming in the house. Well, nobody's coming in the house. (laughs) Right. That's true. (laughs) So, So definitely. And what advice do you have for, so we also set up a home, like a little home office for our uh, homeschooler and we put in a whiteboard and some of those components. So what advice do you have for helping children? Because we didn't want, um, our son to have to work at the kitchen table and that always for him to feel like he's never leaving the house, that it's always school. Do you, would you agree with that? Maybe oh, absolutely. Build a separate space. For sure. You know, that applies to kids, but it also applies to adults. You know, yeah. if you're doing your work at the dining room table, you're, 
never really away from your work because it's you could see it. I think there's nothing better, especially when you're dealing with kids and COVID and if they're being, if they're staying at home to have their own space. And I saw what you did with your son's space. It's awesome. Oh, thanks. And it's a reflection of him too, right? You want him to be inspired, excited, energized by being in the space. I would suspect at the end of the school day, he closes the door probably doesn't go into that space yeah, until probably that day. <laughs> he's <No>. a guy <laughs> this summer it's been the uh, gaming room but it's quickly going to become <laughs> school <Cool. laughs> so he won't go back in it <laughs> yeah, he probably won't go back until the next morning but that's really good because you know just like kids need to have this is the space where I go to school adults it's the same thing you know if we're working yeah. from home you know once I finish my office, my work, I I usually don't go back in there until the next day. Yeah. And then your home is still your home. You can have that mental break. And as a parent too, and as a person that loves design, I also kind of got over the fact when I was doing his room, I ordered from Amazon, all these inspiring sayings, and I just plastered them on the wall. Now you walk through our past our dining room and it's like, Oh, it's not design wise, like probably, but for him, you know, like, so you just kind of let it go because at the end of the day, you also are living in the home, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? There's priorities. Yeah. What are your priorities? And, you know, earlier I was talking about how everyone, we're all so critical of ourselves and everything we do with work, with our home. I mean, I go into homes and the first thing most people say is don't look at my house. I hate everything that I own. I hate it. Gross, gross, gross. And I'm like, really? This looks great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a so real critical negative story. Right. right. Um, and it's incredible how many people feel that um, not even just in their home, but of, them, of themselves. Wow. You know, I think most women, you know, I remember feeling this years ago. Remember when someone would say, "Oh my God, you look so great today." Yeah, you're and like, you're thinking, really? what? I, I feel like terrible." <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it takes time to, yeah. to say thank you and really appreciate it and believe it. Right and now, I always joke when someone goes, "Oh my God, see you look so good." I always say, "Okay, I got to remember what I'm wearing." Yeah, I'm going to do this again. <laughs> That's so good. It's got a big star in my closet. (laughs) So one of the final questions I want to ask you is actually about like wellness and balance in life. And so, and, you know, not, not religion, but spirituality of like just that awareness or knowing what do you do in your life to make sure that you, it's not all about work, that you have that balance. Um, Well, it's really interesting. And, I live in Orleans, uh, which is the eastern part, most eastern part of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you how I found Orleans or how I found my house. No idea. It was the universe. It really was. Uh, my house was the last house of eight that I saw. Um, I back onto Ravine which is beautiful. And right across the street, I have a, it's called Petrie Island. Mm -hmm. It's a nature reserve. It's a marina. It's a beach. And I literally can walk right across the street. That's amazing. To me, that's my, that really kickstarted my spirituality, Mm -hmm. my mindfulness, my just being at one with nature. 
-hmm. It's incredible. Like, and I remember like every day, you know, when people come to visit from Durham before COVID, they go, oh my God, this is paradise. Yeah. How can you live here? We have got deer. We've got all different types of animals. There's otters, herons. Oh my gosh. And I don't know how I got here, but this is where I'm meant to be. Yeah. And this is where I know I need to be. It's, it actually sounds very healing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. For sure. I mean, you know, when we go through tough times, mm-hmm. um, there's no timetable of healing. Mm-hmm. And when you do pick up your life and you leave the life that you knew, you move somewhere else or start a new chapter in your life. It generally is scary. It's exciting. It's just all these, you know, emotions thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this, this is where I'm meant to be. It is so, where I live, there's like a little complex of townhouses, about 100 townhouses here. And I would say a good 50% of them are single women, middle-aged. Wow. We yeah. have a blast. Like how that sounds so fun. Honestly, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but again, how did I get here? I have no idea. Well, it's a stepping stone to that next house. Yes. Hopefully it has a ravine behind it too, right? You got to have that and make sure you're talking about that too. That's right. Only no bears, no bears. Yeah, no bears, no bears. <laughs> so is there, is there any final kind of words that you have for, you know, women that are maybe, you know, at a point in their life where they're also reflecting on what's next or any advice you have from that we haven't talked about that you've learned that you feel is really important for people to. Wow. Um, I mean, there's so many things, you know, try not to be too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Try not to be too judgmental or too critical. Um, be open, be open to things. And like, what's the worst that can happen really? Like if you want to ask, for something or to do something or what have you. So someone says, no, okay, I'll just find a different way to do it. (laughs) So it's really believing in yourself, getting to know yourself and feeling comfortable with yourself. That's so important. Like I'm sure many of us have met people that are wonderful people, but you know, they aren't comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. You know, for so many years, especially when we're younger, you know, we're always feeling like we're being judged or we have to, you know, keep up with this person or that person, but it's really all about you and what makes you happy. And it's really hard because, you know, when you're a mom, you've got kids, you've got, you know, family, all these things, taking care of your parents and all that fun stuff rolled in together. Well, one day the kids are gone, you know, and things change and, and I find, you know, when that happens, that's a huge area of potential for growth for women. That's really when you see a lot of them come into their own. And for me, I'm living proof of that 100%, like 100%, because it forces you, it forces you to take a look at yourself. Yeah. Because you're not distracted with the day to day. Yeah. You can just kind of get lost, but you really have to sit with yourself and... Yeah. I have a friend here who, you know, she, she's single, um, doesn't like to be at home ever by herself, Mm. doing, doing, going, doing this, that, biking, kayaking, dinners, whatever. And COVID's really 
change that for her. Oh, yeah. And so she's really grown a lot and, and really thought a lot about the life that she wants to lead. And I think that's a big thing for all of us that hopefully we all take from COVID, the lessons from COVID. Do you want to go back to the life that you had? Or do you want to forge ahead with some of that stuff, but bring some new in there too? Um, and most people don't like change. They don't like change in their house, the way they look, um, just in dynamic. They don't like change, but change is good. Mm-hmm. And it teaches you a lot. And, and, you know, to be open to change and to open to have, sometimes even if you just put it out there, for many, it's hard to even say the words. But once you put it out there, you're like, oh, like nothing happened. You know, no yeah. bad things happened, right? <laughs> it didn't good things happen. When yeah. you put it out there. It's still alive. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> lightning bolt or. <laughs> no. But then you're right. Like, and then it's funny how like coincidences happen and things come into play. So, you know, definitely think now's a great time for self reflection and. Mm. Um, and looking at the positive sides, I've, I've said this before, but, you know, even with the kids and because it can be kind of stressful at this time before Ethan, my son goes to bed, I always, I give him two crystals, I guess, just so that he can hold something tangibly. And I say, well, the first one, what are you grateful for? And then I give him a second one. Awesome. And so it's like every night it's like, what are you grateful for? Because yes, it's, it's sad that you can't see your friends and there's certain things, but there are other things where, you know, you have your, your parents at home all the time and you can see us more and, yeah. you know, other things. So, well, I appreciate so much your time and um, I think this has been an incredible interview and I think you have so much wisdom for people. Oh, thank you. Oh, it was just so wonderful to see you and chat with you again, Jen. And uh, I'm so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished, really. Very much so. Thanks for listening to the Women Leadership Nation's Breaking Barriers podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Latticer Jennifer. And visit us on our website at www.womenleadershipnation.com. Together, we can keep breaking barriers.